Okay. Hello and welcome back. It's your host, Lincoln Schuyler, and I'm excited for today's podcast. You might be asking yourself, Lincoln, why are you so excited? Well, it's because I have a very special guest today. In my last article, I mentioned them in one of their articles that you've most likely read by now. Today, I have none other than Katie or the Cynical Queer with me, and we're going to talk about prominent issues in the LGBTQIA community that I think need to be brought up. Before we start, make sure you check out Katie's podcast after this if you haven't listened to it. So without further ado, welcome, Katie. How are you? Great, Lincoln. Thank you for having me on the show. All right. The first question I have for you has to deal with the misrepresentation of the LGBT community in movies and shows. I know that you wrote one of your articles about that, and I just wanted to know if within that misrepresentation you came across queer coding and what you saw and what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I've actually seen that trend happen a lot, and there's been genuine, like, coming together of people who create television and movies back in like the 80s and 90s when they actually talked about doing queer coding on purpose. And so what they do is they purposefully take villainous characters or characters we're not supposed to like and uh, make them appear gay. So a lot of times this comes across as uh, effeminate men or severely masculine women. And it's entirely designed to make the youth who are watching these cartoons and television shows uh, associate gay behavior with being a villain. Unfortunately, I've noticed it usually has a backfiring effect where now people see villains as very attractive. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a genuine tactic to try and villainize being gay. And I think it's disgusting. Okay. Do you think that with queer coding and current like Disney shows and shows on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and whatnot, do you think it can lead to homophobia or like where do you think that trend is going right now? Right now, I see it splitting in two different ways. I think a lot of people, because being gay is not a choice, people who find out later in life that they are gay or queer in any way, Uh, end up realizing that in their childhood, they had an interesting attraction to villainous characters. I've noticed it uh, even in my childhood with people who were attracted to uh, the villain from Kim Possible um, or other characters versus other people who don't find out that they're queer later in life. I think it can subliminally create homophobia and I think that's still happening. Uh, it also creates stereotyping where they believe that all gay men are effeminate and all gay women are masculine. And then if they meet, even if they don't end up homophobic, when they meet gay people, they have these preconceived notions that like, if you're a lesbian, you should be butch. If you're a gay man, you should be, uh, you know, a twink. And it's unfair to push these ideologies on children who are just going to accept it without questioning. Exactly. I have to agree with you on that. It's just like that preconceived notion from your childhood. Exactly. You don't even know what's going on and it's being fed to you. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you for that. Okay. So switching away from the topic of queer coding, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about my last article talking about an article a guy wrote about the struggles of gay rights being over. And I just wanted to know your main takeaway from that guy's article. I remember reading your article and following the link that went to his and being absolutely outraged at just the obvious privilege that it takes to write something like that. Like, I'd agree back, uh, like, pre-Stonewall riots, I think it was a lot worse for gay people. You know, we're not, we're no longer 
being attacked in the same way. But I would not say that the fight against homophobia is over. In fact, I think it's only shifted. And I think it's an incredibly privileged point of view to say that it's over when you are an adult gay man in a most likely accepting city. When I think there are trans people who are still facing uh, transphobia. Uh, and the fact that uh, low mental health and high suicide rates are so high in queer youth is just an undeniable fact that I feel he's ignoring. And the fact that there's obvious different demographics, that queer people of color are just going to face different problems than white uh, gay people in cities that accept them. Mm -hmm. One thing that I did specifically want to get your um, thoughts on is in his article, he said that coming out is seen as a formality now, whereas for people his age who were 30, it was horrible and that it was awful. And I just want to know what your thoughts were on that. I think that's completely false. I mean, it depends on the situation. For me personally, I think everyone knew ahead of time. And so it wasn't really a surprise for anyone or shocking or horrible. And, you know, especially I'd say my mom still sometimes says things that are borderline homophobic, but it's not direct versus, I mean, even just within my own circle, my girlfriend is trans and her family is extremely conservative, con extremely religious. And she has faced, I mean, I'd say like textbook over-dramatized movie style transphobia and homophobia uh, to a point where if you saw that in a television show or movie, you'd be like, that doesn't happen anymore. And unfortunately it does. Like just because the writer of that article got to experience a good coming out doesn't mean that he gets to write the narrative for everyone else who had a bad one. Yeah, I I have to completely agree with you. I mean, for me, I feel like it was kind of the same as you where it was no shock to anybody. But um, yeah, there are definitely still people from my hometown and people that I see online and whatnot who go through these horrible experiences. And so I just thought it was completely repulsive the way that he like worded it and the way he made it sound like it was so much worse for him. Right, and like wants to trivialize the experiences of queer youth today, even though it seems like he doesn't know anything about the experiences of queer youth today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then I wanted to get your thoughts on what needs to be done for like gay rights to be like fully achieved and equal and whatnot. Because I had talked about how it is exponentially harder for queer couples to adopt and whatnot. And in the state of Tennessee, it is legal for um, adoption agencies to discriminate against queer couples. And so there's that. There are issues with law centered around rights and whatnot, how they don't always include transgender rights, and that the legislation is just messed up as a whole and allows for discrimination. Um, what else do you think needs to change or be done? I think it needs to have changes both on a legal and societal level. So like legally, the Equality Act was just passed, uh, which is incredible, but more things like that need to happen where it is made illegal to discriminate based on sexuality or gender. Uh, it needs to be legally easier for trans people or gender queer people to be able to identify the gender they feel comfortable as without having to jump all these legal hurdles. Um, I think a big thing would be making it more available for trans youth to get the, um, you know, uh, the things that they need to feel good. 
And then on, on a societal level, I think, I mean, homophobia is still so rampant, especially online where people feel like they don't need to hold anything back. And that's both problematic because the mental health of queer people, especially queer youth, is so low already. And then also because it perpetuates this idea that it's okay to be homophobic. And I think that not only do we need to get past just like regular homophobia, but then also people need to grow into the mindset of accepting trans people, accepting non-conforming gender identities. Um, I mean, our entire system is just based on a two-gender heterosexual style, and it just doesn't work anymore. I mean, it never really did. Um, but I think if we can make changes in both of those directions, things will get better, especially um, you know, as the years have progressed societally, uh, gay acceptance has gone up, queer acceptance has gone up. And if we can keep getting that number to rise, I think everything else will start to fall in place. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, switching gears from that, um, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm pretty much just asking your thoughts on all the articles that I've written at this point. And so the next topic I wanted to talk about was homophobic organizations and especially Target and what the CEO has done there. And so Target has done a lot for gay rights and gay pride events and whatnot, um, especially in Minnesota. Um, do you think that the donations that the CEO gave towards the homophobic um, politician outweighs the donation towards the gay pride events? Or how do you think that, like, what do you think about that whole concept? I think that's really complex because like, I think normally when we talk about homophobic companies, we talk about, I think, very largely Chick-fil-A and they're mm -hmm. just very ultimately homophobic. They haven't really done anything to counteract that versus Target. Like, I mean, one of my first memories of learning about the queer community was going to a Target and seeing this big rainbow display and going up and picking rainbow things. And then my mom dragging me away when she saw it, that it said pride. But <laughs> um, I think... Honestly, to me, it comes down to a monetary level and also how much influence that politician ended up having. And it also comes down to that was the CEO's own money. And there's a level of I don't want to support the CEO, but also most targets are going to be franchises. And mm -hmm. the difficult thing is, does the CEO speak for every franchisee owner? And if they are taking their own money and donating it to pride events and queer uh you know, activist groups and target the company itself is donating to that, does that outweigh what the CEO does? And I think that can be up to each person. To me, I'm conflicted on it because I have fond memories of Target when I was a kid. I think it's one of the nicer stores compared to like, you know, Walmart. Um, but I also don't want to support someone who's directly supporting homophobia. So to me, it's really, it's difficult. And I'd have to, I think, examine it more to have like a definitive answer. Okay. Yeah, because I was kind of going at the same thing as you are, where, because, um, you know, the CEO doesn't speak for the entire panel of Target. They don't speak for that. But at the same time, Target does elect the CEO. They can get rid of him at any time, but they also can't discriminate against him because of his personal beliefs, you know? Right. They can't and just get rid of him because he donated to a politician. Mm -hmm. So I just find that like a very tricky situation to try and understand and whatnot because it is different for every single target and every person inside target who owns anything pretty much. And I would say, I appreciate the fact that they sell pride merch and they sell queer 
you know, they sell stuff with rainbows on it, but they're also actually donating to, um, you know, queer activist groups and, uh, you know, good things for the queer community versus there will be companies that slap a rainbow on a bunch of stuff for Pride Month and they aren't donating any of the money they receive. So I do appreciate mm. they're not just like uh, doing performative activism. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. All right, and then another homophobic organization is Chick-fil-A. And one of the comments underneath that article was talking about how, or it said, Chick-fil-A homophobia was the issue for a protest when they tried to open up in England. And this got me thinking about the educational aspect of LGBT rights and whatnot, and what it's like for queer people. And so when I read that article, it got me thinking about how they like protested in England, but she, the person who commented didn't mention anything about the homophobia here on American soil and Ameri like in America and whatnot. And so I just wanted to know your thoughts on what could be done to improve the education and whatnot. Or like, do you think people need to be educated about issues on homophobic organizations and whatnot? I absolutely think that they do. I think that it's pretty common knowledge that Chick-fil-A is homophobic, but even people that I've known who profess to not be homophobic will say like, oh, I know that it's bad, but I just can't help it. Their chicken nuggets are so good. Like, I just can't help it. Ha ha ha. As if it's like quirky. And as a queer person, I think it really boils down to they don't actually know what these homophobic organizations do. I don't think they understand the gravity of, say, uh, conversion therapy or blocking trans youth from receiving the help that they need um, and just the true dangers of supporting homophobia. And I think that education on these topics would be helpful because I think people hear the word homophobia, but they don't understand what it means. They think that it's just, you know, you go to a pride event and there's like the Westboro Baptist Church holding up signs with slurs on them. And they think that's the extent of it. And of course, that's terrible, but it's not as impactful as some of the things that these organizations can do. So, yeah, I think that education is absolutely vital in getting people to genuinely boycott companies like this. Okay. Because when it came through, um, so for me, I'm not going to lie, I was not the most educated on rights and issues and homophobia and whatnot until I came to college pretty much. And I watched the movie and read the book called Boy Erased. I don't know if you've read or watched that, but it was talking about this guy who came out and his parents put him into conversion therapy. And that really started to make like my brain start thinking about different ways and like different places where there is homophobia. And one thing that I was, so surprised to find out that I have only met like one or two other people who knew this, but did you know that there was a conversion or there is a conversion therapy camp that's like an hour north of Boise? I didn't know that. I'm horrified to know it now, but yeah, I just, I just found it terrifying because there's homophobia pretty much anywhere you go, but it's just not like there's homophobia that's prominent. Like you said, the Westboro chat or the church that holds up signs that have it. But then there's those places that are pretty much like undercover and whatnot that are here in Idaho. And so it's just that homophobia that's pretty much everywhere that we just need to educate ourselves about. Like the fact that I, I feel like I'm fairly educated on the, the, you know, trials that queer people can face. But I didn't even know that we had a conversion therapy uh, place so localized to where we are. I mean, that's terrifying. 
and the fact that it's still legal in so many states like i think people don't know the extent to which it is mm -hmm. okay and then one of the last things i wanted to talk to you about is having the education um brought about in schools because when i was in high school granted i went to a very conservative school in southern idaho kimberly and so we were not taught about anything and so like in ancient greece and like the trojan army and whatnot there was an entire gay army that i didn't know about and they were like unstoppable and like julius caesar he was gay he had gay partners leonardo da vinci was gay and my favorite <laughs> composer Tchaikovsky was gay and so it just shocked me when i got to college and i was educating myself on all of these people and so do you think that like in high schools and whatnot do you think that they should have more lgbt education and whatnot absolutely 100 percent. i mean it's not just like they never teach about say marsha p johnson who started the stonewall riots or gay activists but they also completely erase the identities of gay people we already learn about in history and they erase the identities of like we, they want to act like being genderqueer or non-binary is a new thing and it's like this has been around for centuries it's just that they completely wiped it away from our history. I mean, it's the same that our history is very whitewashed. It's also very straight and cis washed that they completely erase the identities of queer people. And that makes it seem like a really weird new age, uh, strange thing when it's actually completely normal, completely natural. And it's been happening, you know, since the beginning of humanity. Um, but I think it's vital to be teaching that because the entire point of education that happens between the ages of like five and 18, I mean, that's going to be so influential to what kind of person you are. And the fact that, you know, if you're queer, you have to find all of your history on your own outside of school is completely unfair. I think that it should be in the actual curriculum. And even if there's not going to be units on like queer history, don't erase the identities of people we're already teaching about. Okay. Do you think that this, um, like, if schools and, like, specifically Idaho schools were to incorporate this into their curriculum, do you think that it would have an effect on the amount of homophobic people that are here? I do think so. I think especially, I would even say at middle school or even elementary school age to just be talking about the fact that queer people exist because... I think the reason that people are so homophobic is because they're not educated on the fact that this is super normal. And then the only education they're receiving on queer people could be from highly biased sources, um, which aren't gonna give them the full truth. And I think that it's the education system's job to make sure that people have the full picture, you know? And I do yeah. think that it would make people less homophobic if they were being taught the whole time, you know, that queer identities are normal. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. That is all the questions that I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me.